I'm Mario Munoz reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service. According to the president and CEO of the McAllen Chamber of Commerce, Steve Alanius, the second causeway project at South Padre Island could be structured as a public-private partnership. Steve Alanius spoke during a webinar on July the 8th, hosted by the Texas Association of Business, to launch the Keep Texas Moving Coalition. The moderator for the webinar was the Texas Association of Business Vice President, Aaron Cox. Appreciate each one of you joining us this morning at this live Texas Association of Business and Keep Texas Moving event. We are excited to have you here. We really hope that we might be in person with you live, but our circumstances do not allow for it today. But we are excited that you're joining us via Zoom today. And we also have our friends joining us via Facebook Live. And so we are really, really thankful for you this morning joining us in. My name is Aaron Cox with the Texas Association of Business. And to begin and give you a little background, TAB represents businesses large and small from Brownsville to Amarillo, El Paso to Orange and all points in between. Our mission is to serve as the voice and chief advocate for business in our state, advocating for a policy and regulatory framework that makes and keeps Texas the best place in the world to do business. I'm excited to be serving today and have served TAB in Texas communities for nearly 10 years in a variety of capacities. And I've seen and experienced firsthand the impact transportation and traffic have on public policy, on economic development, and in our Texas quality of life. And so we are excited that we will definitely be able to address those today. Joining me today is Steve Alanius, the president and CEO of the McAllen Chamber of Commerce, and a man who has long dedicated, long been dedicated to improving the quality of life, uh, safety, and transportation infrastructure in South Texas. And so we are very, very proud to have Steve with us today. Aaron, thank you. Uh, Obviously, transportation continues to be a huge part of our region's economic development strategy and also a quality of life issue that we continue to face. The support that this region has for transportation, I think, is unquestioned. If you look at the fact that uh, last year uh, our three MPOs merged together in order to seek and uh, try to get additional funding for this region, speaks to the ability to set aside our personal ambitions and goals and to work together as a region. Um, For us in Hidalgo County, our ports of entry have seen over 647,000 northbound trucks. Uh, 4.4 million cars, uh, which include over 9 million passengers and over 2 million pedestrians crossing at our ports of entries. Shipping activity uh, in 2018 amounted to $35.4 billion uh, in terms of our region, and that's a 133% increase from 2003. And obviously with the USMCA passage and being implemented starting this week, uh, we see additional opportunities not only for Texas, but for our region to take advantage uh, of what USMCA is gonna mean, especially when you look at the opportunities for plants that maybe normally would have looked at Mexico will now look down the, on the Texas side of the border uh, for, for possible uh, locations. 
And so when we look at our region, some of the key things that we see, some of the top priorities we see without going into very specific projects, but our ports of entry, uh, obviously, you know, with Mexico in play, it is a huge uh, competitive advantage for our region. Uh, it creates a lot of investment opportunities, and we think the, port, the ports of entries are critical uh, to our success. And then beyond that, the connectivity that goes with the ports of entry, uh, obviously, when you have that amount of trucks moving through uh, the ports of entry, being able then to have access to good state roads as opposed to being dumped into city streets uh, is, is extremely important. And then oversized and overweight trucks. Uh, obviously, efficiencies on the manufacturing side is critical. And especially as we move forward, there's going to be opportunities to come up with corridors for oversized and overweight trucks. Intermodal facilities obviously play an important part of what's going to happen. And then finally, one of the key things that we see is technology. Uh, and instead of playing the game of catch-up, we see technology playing a role in terms of leapfrogging um, development for our region with driverless cars and driverless trucks. And I think that's one of the key components that we think there's going to be great opportunities uh, in the next five to 10 years. And so we want to try to position our region to be able to take advantage of that. Uh, in McAllen, the Texas Transportation Institute uh, noted that we wasted over 19 million hours, 6.8 million, ga uh, million gallons of gas or fuel, and over $383 million uh, as a result of traffic congestion. Uh, and so it is a it is making us less efficient. And so ways that we can make our system more efficient, I think, is critical. And then finally, in addition to uh, Mexican nationals, and, and obviously play a big part in our role in our in our local economy. And I'm talking specifically with McAllen, over a billion dollars. It's a, a B with a B. Over a billion dollars by Mexican nationals are spent in retail trade. In McAllen alone, if you can now multiply that out with every city along the Rio Grande Valley, you can see the impact that those, that uh, Mexican nationals have on our local economy. So when we have congestion at the bridge, when we have congestions on our highways, that slows down the opportunity for folks to make money. And then finally, uh, with COVID-19, uh, we recognize that uh, it's having a broad impact on the economy and some of the things as we move forward. Uh, and so I think this is a, an opportune time to look at uh, private private-public pri partnerships in terms of investments as far as highways. I know we looked at, you know, Texas has done that in the past. I think it's an opportunity to revisit that because I think that we're going to have some specific challenges when it comes to funding for the, from the state budget and just keeping up with the growth and repair that needs to be done with the Texas highway infrastructure. And so I see this as an opportunity. Now, it may not have, there may not be a lot of P3 projects in South Texas, but what I try to remind folks is that those investments, those P3 investment opportunities that happen in the Houston, the Austin, the San Antonio, the Dallas-Fort Worth area will free up additional money that could come to South Texas and could impact us in a lot of positive ways with infrastructure and repair and maintenance that needs to happen for our infrastructure, for our highway systems in South Texas. And so uh, I'm excited about what the opportunity uh, has for us for the upcoming legislative session. And obviously getting the message out and telling that story about how it's important for each region uh, is going to be critical. And each region has their own needs and wants and desires. 
But I think having a broad approach to funding and funding opportunities is going to pay huge dividends for the state in the short term and in the long term. And as and as I as I tell folks repeatedly, you cannot go wrong with infrastructure investment. So with that, Aaron, I'll be happy to turn it back over to you and any other uh, thoughts or comments that you might have. Absolutely. Thank you, Steve. And as you all have seen, uh, Steve set the stage perfectly as to the what is happening today in the Valley. And that is one reason why we are very, very delighted to be with you today in order to talk about Keep Texas Moving and its relevance not only to the state of Texas, not only to Austin or other metro regions, but specifically to the Valley as well as a key component in the Texas economy. In addition to what Steve has shared with you, I wanted to share briefly that the Texas Comptroller has estimated that trade through the Hidalgo Port of Entry affects about 71,500 net jobs in Texas. In addition, it funds about $11 billion in gross domestic product. McAllen and the Rio Grande region are critical to the economy of our state and the economy of our nation. The Texas Association of Business then is very proud, as I've mentioned, to announce today in the Valley the launch of Keep Texas Moving, a coalition of small and large businesses, local chambers of commerce, truckers, commuters, and local leaders, all advocating for solutions to improve the most gridlocked Texas roads. You know, as the saying goes, everything is bigger in Texas, and our growth is really topping the charts. Texas is expected to grow by 12 million people in the next 20 years to more than 40 million by 2040. Imagine that, 40 million by 2040, and our economy is expected to double by 2050. At present, Texas adds more than a thousand new people and hundreds of vehicles to our roadways every single day. In recent years, our Texas state leaders have gone above and beyond to identify and to implement new transportation resources to allow us to live free of traffic. Lawmakers and voters approved propositions one and seven However, unfortunately, the need for improving and expanding Texas roadways is outstripping our available funding. Texas has seen unprecedented growth in its economy and in our population in recent years, but Texas roads simply are not keeping pace. That was true before even Texas was hit by the double barrel assault of COVID-19 and the worldwide fall in energy prices. COVID-19 and depressed energy prices are reducing all of the primary sources for highway investment in Texas, including our oil uh, severance tax, motor vehicle sales tax, and gasoline tax revenue. This is happening when it's more important than ever for Texas to stimulate the economy and to preserve government fund balances. We have to preserve these fund balances for critical priorities like health care, Medicaid, public and higher education, disaster preparedness, and our law enforcement. Keep Texas Moving believes Texas should once again turn to the private sector and leverage public-private partnerships and traffic management solutions like optional toll lanes for motorists and truckers who choose to use them to address the growing crisis our state is facing in its, its transportation system. 
With government approval and oversight, public-private partnerships for highways mean projects can be designed, built, and completed years sooner and at little or no cost to state taxpayers. Also as important, private investment in highways creates new jobs, it boosts local economies, and with optional toll lanes and smart technology to keep traffic flowing, drivers have greater control, choice, and flexibility in their daily commutes. The reality is Texans agree. As a part of our Keep Texas Moving launch, TAB asked Morning Consult, the global data intelligence firm, to survey Texans. The survey of 502 registered voters was conducted between June 1st and June 5th of this year and has a margin of error of plus or minus 4%. What they found was reinforcing and exciting. Morning Consult found that 84% of Texas voters believe it is very or somewhat important for Texas leaders to address infrastructure in the next year. When informed about transportation issues and funding, 74% of Texas voters support public-private partnerships as a way to fund highway and other infrastructure projects. And 94% said the most important outcome of public-private partnerships is increasing local jobs. Keep Texas Moving's message to Texas citizens, business leaders, and policy policymakers is simple. We need every tool in the toolbox to improve our transportation infrastructure, to accommodate growth and job creation, to improve public safety and quality of life, and simply to keep Texas moving. Again, we thank you all for being with us today. We thank Steve Alanius for being with us, our great friend in McAllen, and we are open to take a few questions if there are some. Scott, I'll turn it over to you. Thank you both very much. We actually do have a good handful of questions that have come in from our friends in the media, so I will read them to you now. Uh, the first one is, who can join Keep, uh, Keep Texas Moving, and what is the call to action? I could take that one. Uh, we are, are looking for all to join uh, Keep Texas Moving. Uh, I think initially, the it's very simple. You can go to our website at textbiz.org slash keeptexasmoving. And, and join up, sign your name. And really right now we need you to be an advocate. We want you to, to talk with your policymakers. We want you to engage and educate yourself. And, and if you feel so led, we are, would be excited for you to join and add financial resources to the movement. Okay, we had another question come in from our friends at the Valley Morning Star. Much of federal highway funding is based on population and is the fifth highest federal funding category for the state. How concerned are you that Texas ranks number 40 in the nation in census 2020 self-response rates? And in the Valley, which has traditionally been undercounted in the past, the response rate is just 44.5% in Cameron County and 46% in Hidalgo County. Is this a problem for future transportation infrastructure, and how do we minimize the impact of this? I'll take that question, uh, Scott. Obviously, the census is critical. We continue to see our elected officials and organizations like our chamber and other chambers and other nonprofits really push the importance of registering and uh, filling out the census information. It's very simple. Uh, and 
and it's a challenge. Uh, this area has always had a, seemed to have an undercount, and if we if we make a concerted effort, it's going to help position us over the next ten years to receive additional funding, whether it's for highway infrastructure, education, or even medical, uh, that can pay huge dividends long term for our region. Absolutely, thanks for that, Steve. And, and I'll just add, you know, at the end of the day, when it comes to the census, as Steve mentioned, it's critically important uh, for a number of funding sources from the federal government. And, and it is up to us uh, as citizens. It's up to us to educate ourselves. It's up to us to reach out to our neighbors and ask the question, you know, have you been counted? And, and as he, he also mentioned, uh, it's a concerted effort across the state. The, the concern level is high. And so we, along with local chambers, uh, regional organizations like the North Texas Commission have been uh, trying to spread that message and encourage people to uh, register and be counted. Okay, an additional question is, has Texas ever used private money to build roads or is this a brand new concept? Uh, this is not a, a brand new concept. The, the Texas legislature actually approved uh, P3s for major projects several years ago until the, that authority expired in 2017. Uh, there are several major projects around the state that many of us are familiar with that were built using uh, private public-private partnerships. And those would include things like the 635 LBJ project in Dallas, uh, the North Tarrant Expressway, and State Highway 130 uh, here in Austin. You know, these major projects all use private funds and, you know, and toll lanes to fund and expedite their completion. So uh, it's, these are widely used by drivers today. And uh, I think it's, it's been a tool that we've had in the past. We just need to have that reauthorized. Very good. An additional question is what projects in the Valley could qualify for private funding? Probably, you know, one of the projects that w could fit this category possibly would be the second causeway uh, at South Padre Island. And that is, you know, obviously these are business models that investors want to look at. You need to have the demand and traffic in order to, f to make these projects work in a business sense. Uh, but if you look around, that was probably at the top of the list is a, pro a local project that could possibly be a, P a P3 project. Absolutely. Okay, in South Texas, what does the merger of the Metropolitan Planning Organization for Road Construction, would this help or hurt? I'll take that one, Aaron. I think it just speaks well to this region and the importance of uh, highway infrastructure and highway funding uh, that the, you had the three MPOs merged together. I, you know, I commend all our elected officials and mayors who kind of led that effort to make that happen. Uh, I have a great appreciation for our mayor, Jim Darling, and what he did. Uh, in terms of helping uh, move that along. It's been, uh, I think it has helped position our region uh, to be competitive against other major metropolitan areas in the state. And I think it's gonna pay huge dividends for us long-term. Okay, one of our last questions here, will driverless vehicles be an issue in the upcoming legislature and how does that uh, play into what we're talking about today? I, I want to jump on, and I'm going to flip it over to Aaron, too, on this. Um, I, I think it's one of those key, you know, if you look at the state of Arizona, they have passed and allowed legislation to allow Arizona to become a beta testing model for driverless vehicles. 
I think if you want to be on the cutting edge, I think Texas needs to look at legislation and also rules and regulations that would allow driverless cars to be implemented in a test in a testing mode or process that we could see how effective it could work in our region. But I think there's certain legislation that has to change. I think there's certain protections that have to be in place before we can do that in Texas. But I think if we continue to wait, I think we're going to miss that opportunity and other states are going to be able to take advantage of it. And we'll be, again, we'll be in the second tier, third tier of those states trying to get driverless vehicles. Aaron, up to you. Uh, I, I agree. Uh, it's, it's one of those that it's coming, whether we like it or not. Um, and, and we need to be prepared for it in, in terms of, the uh, second part of the question, which is in the upcoming session, um, I think it, it may be a topic, but it will not be a main issue. Uh, I think that our legislators will show up in January and they will certainly have some pretty large fish to fry. But this is one of those that needs to be discussed today, needs to help us get ahead of the curve, put the guardrails in place to allow us to move into the next generation of transportation and, and keep pace uh, or be ahead of the curve, uh, as Steve mentioned. Well, thank you both for addressing the questions. That's all we have at this time. Thank you, Scott. Thank all of you for, for joining us today. We look forward to continuing the conversation and hearing from many, many of you and encourage you, as we mentioned, to visit textbiz.org and join the fight. Let's keep Texas moving. Keep Texas Moving is a coalition of small and large businesses, local chambers of commerce, truckers, commuters, and local leaders advocating for solutions to improve gridlock on Texas roads. I'm Mario Munoz, reporting for the Rio Grande Guardian International News Service.